www.entertainment.ie I love the way you say film. Hello and welcome to the film show. I am your host Owen Ronane doing this DJ voice for no reason. How are you Brian Lloyd? I'm very well. I'm I'm very glad that you acknowledge your banter, your DJ banter Owen voice. Owen Ronane. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> Up next we've got Kesha. Is that not what I meant to do? I well, like I mean it's just it was particular I mean like I will say this about you and Owen, I, I say this I yeah. say this with all sincerity. You have a beautiful voice. Wow. You really do. No, I'm really really serious. You do, but like you it's a total radio voice. Is it a bombastic <laughs> voice you're looking for? No, I think you said you wanted a very boring voice. Well, excuse me. <laughs> and he just slides away. He just slides away. I you guys do. just want your own radio. So that's yeah. what you're Get for out right of now. here, D. <laughs> That is the struggling voice of Dee Malumbi. How are you? Struggling, oh my god. Um, I'm well, actually. Oh, really good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I think I should, maybe should I do like an alternative like, you're very welcome back to the film show, mm. where we have a nice intimate session of movie news coming up here. Movie news. I'm just going to switch back to regular voice. This is very good. I really enjoy this. Nice. I think there is something very... There is. No, we don't want people getting no. on this. No, you get weird. Okay, the trailer has just been released for The Lighthouse. Uh, yes. Robert Pattinson, Willem Dafoe. What do we think? I am incredibly excited. I... Uh, well, I've, right. I, have, I will admit and say I have not seen The Witch or The Witch. Really? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. Um, I really want to though I really really want to It's such a Brian Lloyd movie I know this is it it's just one of those things I've never gotten around to like Mm. I think it was out I could be wrong now but I'm thinking back I think it was out the same time as A Field in England oh yeah it's a bit newer than that I think maybe maybe a bit newer than that but um, yeah I I just 2016 I think very similar vibe. Yeah. Very similar vibe, anyway. Yeah, very, very similar. I don't know why I've never got around to it. I like. I. You're absolutely right. That's yeah. like right in my like folk horror yeah. weirdness. There's a talking goat apparently. The re- and even that kind of casting of like. Uh Oh, I can never remember his name, but Chris Finch is in it. Yes. From The Office. Yes. <laughs> like that weird casting. Like, I love that. Yeah, no, 100%. The and script then, is all in old English and exactly. everything. Exactly. Like, I, I know, yeah, I know. I just, <laughs> I it's just, it's just to believe you haven't seen it. I know, it's just, it's one of those like cultural blind spots. You know what I mean? No, I will watch it though. I'll definitely watch it. Like the trailer for The Lighthouse though, looked incredible. Dear, just start talking. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. And I mean, like, it's a really interesting film um, for people to see before Robert Pattinson takes on the Batman, of yeah. course, because I don't mm. think like we would have seen like some of his like indie roles, like Good Time and stuff like that. But most people just haven't seen him in a movie in years. And I yeah. mean, I know that this is along the lines of indie stuff. This is not going to be that mainstream, no, I'd say. Yeah. not at all. I've heard that there it gets very, very weird and there's like masturbation scenes in it and Whoa. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So, the, uh, and yeah, it gets it, it gets all kinds of weird. And I mean, it's Willem Dafoe and Willem Dafoe was always kind of taking on I'd watch him in anything. As well. I'd, in fairness, yeah. yeah. He's amazing. Especially as the Christ. <laughs> the Passion of the Christ is a really good film, though. No kidding. No, that's the Mel Gibson one. Or shit, no. The Last Intention. Brian Lloyd loves... Mel Gibson's The Passion of the Christ. I've never Poor seen Jim that either. I've what? Never, I've what? never seen that. I've never seen The Passion of the Christ either. Yeah. And you've no opinion? 
I know I've seen the last temptation of Christ. Yes, I love yeah. that. Yeah, I have not seen the passion of the Christ. I don't Which know. will, if we weren't done talking about this, would segue into what will be our second piece of news. Does this still count as a segue if I then go back to the first piece of news? Yeah, I feel like the, like the intent to segue was there. Brilliant. Segue. Also, it's general trailer news, so I think it's grand that we hop from one to okay. the other. Okay, it's fine. <clears throat> so, with the lighthouse. It's obviously been uh, raved about at Cannes. <laughs> it, no, it's Cannes. It's the Cannes Film Festival. You can't it's the Cannes. Call it Cannes. You can. I love yeah. Cannes. No, Cannes. <laughs> Big bag of Cannes Film Festival with the lads. <laughs> like, come on. Cannes. Um, but yeah, I'm incredibly excited for it. Especially, like, even the trailer, the whole film presumably is shot in 4 3 aspect Format, ratio, yeah. mm-hmm. square style, and it's looking to do kind of. Bold, isn't it? Yeah, it's a really just the imagery of it choice, was yeah, because yeah. it almost looks yeah. like painted sets kind of vibe. Yeah, I actually watched Pinocchio just the other night, and it's so weird seeing like the old movie format. It's gas, yeah. And Pinocchio just in general is like so much more adult themed than you remember, isn't it? As a child, like full of smoking and drinking. No way. That whole line about Pleasure Island, they don't come back. As boys, which oh. is so creepy. <laughs> I know that's an actual line in it. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to see the lighthouse. I'm getting a bit of a now. This is me going like super wang here, but kind of a Tarkovsky vibe. Off wow, it or something. that is super wang. How did but I true. know that's what you were gonna say? Yeah, no, no, no. You're right. Well, you know you're dead I mean? right. No, absolutely. The whole black and white. Thing, yeah. The old race. The old aspect race here, like we were saying, and just how weird it gets. Yeah. His movies yeah. got really effing weird. Weird. Yeah. Um, so yeah. But because it's just two leads as well, it's mm-hmm. very like it's a chance waiting for, for them to flex yeah. their muscles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or what was it, the seventh seal or whatever? That yeah. Kind of like just yeah. oh right. Yeah. You're just You're going in for full a big film. Like here. I was looking it up on IMDb, and they're the only two actors credited besides this other. I and I didn't get a chance to look her up. This actress who apparently will be playing a mermaid. And that is of it course. for characters in the movie, apparently. Wow. Yes, fair enough. But I mean, the fact that it's getting rave reviews is a treat. Definitely, yeah. That, and I, I don't yeah. think, I think as well that like, you know, uh, the, this guy Robert Egger is like, who who directed uh, the, the Witch and who directed this. He He's one of these guys that like, when it, everyone was like, oh my God, what's he going to do next? What is, mm-hmm. What's he going to do next? Like, there was a real... You know, it's that difficult second feature. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Th- exactly. Like Ari Aster with Hereditary and Midsummer, like yeah, you know, like I know, it's that similar buzz of like, oh my god, what's he gonna do next? Very similar in scope as well. Correct, kind of yeah. Sensibility is kind of similar, and it's a twenty-four as well. I tell you though, I will one point. Out, I, I when I saw the trailer for this, I thought of another thing. It, it's this kind of semi related. Um, there was a TV show called The Terror. Okay. Um, if anybody saw it, um, Jared Harris is in it. Uh, Kieran Hines is in it. Tobias Menzies is in it, and it's about this oh, cast. brilliant. Is it old? Is it no, no, no. It was like two, two years ago. I think oh, it was I out, or maybe a year ago. It, yeah. yeah. See, this is it. It totally flew under the radar, but it was basically about these two ships trying to uh, find the Northwest Passage, and they get land. They get like ice locked, and it's in that same time period as the Lighthouse, and it's really about like you know. You know, isolation. It's a submarine drama. No, not a submarine drama. Oh, really? It turns into a horror. It turns into something like The Thing almost. Oh but God. obviously without the shape-shifting element of it. But <laughs> I mean, I was watching, I was as I was looking at the trailer for The Lighthouse, I was like, oh yeah, this is kind of like The Terror. But then it got to the end of the trailer and it's like, it's nothing like The Terror at all. 
but it just had that initial kind of oh yeah it's like that no it's not like uh, was, like that giant yeah, yeah. octopus thing yeah Jesus like you know it's just gonna be like one of those slow creepy bits, yeah and then at the end it's just gonna go freaking nuts I can't like wait. that shit I really crazy. want to find out if those were Irish accents I heard in the trailer well. it did sound that didn't it yeah. like with Willem Dafoe or generic lighthouse man yeah it's like oh Captain Birdseye oh. <laughs> <laughs> the original they call him the sea cow um <laughs> I it, it but is it, it's that sea shanties like I mean you've ever like those sea shanties remember that game Assassin's, Assassin's Cr- Creed correct Black Flag correct yeah and the sea the sea shanties that they had for that like no but the, it's like a lot of those are really creepy like oh yeah like maybe that's what this will be based around. based on yeah it wouldn't surprise Some me shanty horror yeah could be could be a whole new genre we don't know I'll hold you to that now we'll find out once we've seen it. <laughs> Which leads me into just please remember the segue from last time. <laughs> the Irishman, yeah. Scorsese. Yeah. I hear you paint houses. I right. Okay. Now wait. Actually, give a bit of context for people sure. who haven't. Okay, so uh, go check out the trailer. Yeah, the trailer is went online uh, Wednesday afternoon. We're recording this Wednesday afternoon, so it's only been out about an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, it is based on the book I heard you paint houses by Charles Brandt. Um, it tells the story of Frank Sheeran, the Irishman, who was basically a hitman for hire for the Buffalino crime family. You've got your synopsis down. Oh my God. Buddy, I'm really weird about this shit, and I don't know why. Um, he, uh, This guy, Frank Sheeran, he's played by uh, Robert De Niro. Uh, he worked with Jimmy Hoffa, who is played by Al Pacino. The rumor is, is that Frank Sheeran was the person who was responsible for killing Jimmy Hoffa. Yes. Joe Pesci plays Russell Buffalino, who is the head of the Buffalino crime family. Um, now, the thing about this is, is that... Martin directed Sco- by Martin Scorsese. And directed by Martin Scorsese. Correct. Of those yeah. guys all working together. I know, amazing. And Harvey Keitel, too. <laughs> and Harvey Keitel. I didn't see him in the trailer. I didn't see him in the trailer. Yeah. But he's Oh, no, he's in it. But yeah, I'm just yeah. saying, he wasn't in the oh, trailer. Oh, it's just... Well, yeah, I thought I missed him, yeah. yeah. I mean, it might be a small enough kind of walk-on type role. Maybe. You know? You'd never know what these kind of things yeah, are. Yeah. I really enjoyed the trailer. Yeah, the yeah. trailer did look good. How do we feel? I, I, and I will state my opinion on this. I mm. was not exactly jazzed about the de aging. You can always tell. You know what's funny? I actually watched this on my phone and I didn't notice anything kind of out of place. Sure. So it just looked totally fine and natural to me. Well, to counter that, I was sitting beside Brian when he watched it. I didn't know there was de aging in this film. And I said, What's going on with Robert De Niro in that last shot? So that, that speaks volumes, yeah. I believe. Maybe mm. Brian's just more observant than us. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, no, I but I'm saying I, I noticed something off with him. Yeah, oh, okay, not knowing you, that yeah, there was yeah. a young De Niro in this. No, yeah. because he's not de-aged like crazy. It's, it's not crazy. No, it's not crazy. Like it's not. It's not what I mean. It. Hmm, it is. And this is the right word. Tasteful, I would say. <laughs> yeah. At least that's what they're going for. Sure, yeah. But there is that thing of like, you can just see it in the eyes. It's a little bit like, mm. yeah, that's not right. Benjamin Button or something. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I don't know. It just, it automatically was like, mm, mm. I don't know about that. But I don't know. I mean. I won't let him judge my experience of the film, I suppose. But No, not at all. It certainly like, take you out of it. It does a bit, yeah. And I would imagine that like, I would imagine myself that it's probably deployed in certain like they're using it sparingly. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, I, I would hope so. Yeah, you would hope yeah. for like you know like, like Scorsese. Like I think he knows. Yeah, that you can push this technology so far before it becomes looking ridiculous. Mm. Like, you know that kind of you only ever kind of get like 
you know, a few scenes where you can kind of sure, pass yeah, you it don't off, make like, it the permanent thing. And like yeah. the 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 best example of of or sorry, the worst example of that I would use is uh, Rogue One when they okay, got Peter yeah. Cushing. Peter Cushing basically. Although, uh, do bear in mind that they were completely kind of reconstructing him, correct? As opposed to like digitally de aging. But it's funny because we have seen mixed results because I think that like. Kurt Russell and Michael Douglas in their respective kind of Marvel roles in Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant-Man like there was something a little off but I think probably the most flawless um, attempt at this so far would probably be Nick Fury and Captain Marvel you think? I thought that that was done really well and I mean but then again I suppose it is different when it's a feature length film and you just kind of forget mm. about Your it eventually Your eyes adjust to it almost yeah, yeah. yeah exactly Although they never adjusted for Rogue One He always looked seriously yeah. creepy I yeah. don't know I enjoyed it I think I just really enjoyed seeing the character back so much that I was able to forgive but then I don't know I had more trouble with Leia at the end Yeah no, that was like I yeah. just don't know why is that really the peak of technology? I think a lot of people might have been fooled, but really? It's yeah. the peak of fandom. Yeah. Bring Princess Leia back. Oh my God, she's back. Yeah, totally. Like it we was, did it. I mean, <laughs> you see, this is it. Like when they, when they were bringing in Tarkin for, for Rogue One, like same as you, I loved that character. Like mm. it was so cool to see him back Tarkin. there. Yeah. But um, I wish they had, ju- I wish they had just like, just scaled it back a little bit. Just scaled it back a little bit. I mean, he was in quite a few Correct. scenes. And every time he popped up again, I was kind of like, oh, d- it makes you feel uncomfortable or something, sure. I yeah. find. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's that Uncanny Valley thing, I suppose. Yeah. It is that. But I mean, I thought they did shoot him. This is a complete tangent now, but like they did shoot him. He was often like reflected in glass. Yeah, or in a and that was corner good. of a room or Correct. whatever, yeah. at least. But yeah, see, that was it. Like whenever they kind of, yeah, like you could just see his mm. face in a window. That was better. Or mm. if he was kind of stepping, if he was in like half light, yeah, it obscured it a bit. That was good. If he was still, it was fine. It was whenever he started speaking. I think it was like the eyes and the mouth. Yeah, so if he had to yeah, wince yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know. But I don't know. I suppose with this, it the jury's out until we see it. I guess. Yeah. yeah it's I good guess. to have those first impressions. I the thing s- I'd be more concerned yeah. about would be like the size of the cast and some of the choices De Niro has made recently. Yeah. I suppose in a less skillful director, you'd be like, oh God, guys, leave it alone. Yeah. But because it's him, this mm-hmm. really is the last big... This is the last it's role. the last. Like, they're back. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. what do you think, Dee? No, I'm really, really excited for it. I think it's really interesting as well, the whole fact that it's going to Netflix, you know? Mm. Like, what will that kind of mean for like I being... Am- you know, getting kind of awards recognition and stuff like that. Because I yeah. mean, it really was started last year with Roma and the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, you know, and I think that this will be a big awards contender. I mean, look at the cast crew attached. Yeah. You know, they can't It's a big statement it from Netflix to secure Scorsese and be like, exactly, this is the future. And it's a big statement on Scorsese's part as well to say I'm taking Netflix seriously as a distribution platform for my movies. So, Why not? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the latest kind of like rumor that's gone around about it at the minute is, is that uh, Scorsese specifically asked for a wide theatrical release and the on top of the on the same day kind of thing. Well, yeah, see, this is it. Uh, a few of the cinemas like the major chains said, look, we'll happily take this film as long as you respect the theatrical window, which is it must be in cinemas. It can't come out the same day so that people stay at home. Exactly, mm. yeah, exactly, exactly. This is really the crux of the issue, isn't it? And this it? is it, yeah, this is it. Like, the, the cinemas chains in the US have all said, look, we will happily take Netflix's movie 
there's no problem. We'll happily do it. But you've got to respect the window. You've got to give us the 60 mm. or 90 days or whatever it is. And, and I'd imagine that's why they probably haven't announced a release date yet. Yeah, yeah I was so confused at the end. So, mm. like, has this... What What is the state of affairs where with not just award season but what happened with those previous films like Buster Scruggs and so on they didn't get theatrical Buster releases. Scruggs didn't did Roma no Buster Scruggs didn't Roma did it yeah. got a, but it was a very limited release only in a few cinemas I think only a few days before mm. and similar with Annihilation but I mean they didn't really kind of do anything box no. office wise it was more kind of just the opportunity for I suppose like the big fans who really yeah. want to see those kind of films on the big screen could but I mean even at that, the big fans couldn't really because it wouldn't be showing at, like, say, their local cinema because, like, the cinematic release, like, the number of theatres it was showing in was so limited. So it's a bit of a catch-22, kind of no one really wins. So it's yeah. it's it's a bit pointless, I think. It's actually hard to... Because even I don't know where we come down on it. That's why I'd be interested to find out. Like, I certainly think in terms of award season, distribution, stuff like that, it... Just it should be a level playing field, whatever. It should, I don't yeah. care. But at the same time, I have a fairly shitty TV at home and I will genuinely be disappointed not to be able to see this in the big screen Absolutely. if it comes that way. Absolutely. But then at the same time, if it came out on the exact same day on Netflix and the big screen, you're gonna you say I'll probably just Netflix. hit play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's just it. That's exactly it. But then again, like I mean, you know, I and I, I know we've talked about this before, like I wasn't really a fan of Roma, but like I left Roma unwatched for about at least a week and a half, maybe two weeks. Oh after. my gosh, you like didn't watch it for weeks after. Sitting on your Netflix yeah. list? Yeah, like, like every time I turned on Netflix, there it was and I was like, oh, skip past that kind of thing. Um, so I don't know if that's necessarily the, the, the push. I think if people want to see it, people will watch it no matter yeah. what, you know, that kind of way. But also this is Scorsese. Yeah, yeah, every exactly. down the planet is oh, going to be doing this. Oh, Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like... You know, what they did, in Ireland anyway, what they did with Roma was, was that it was shown in the lighthouse for one week. Mm. That was it. And that was the, as as far as I know. What about outside Dublin? Is that? I think it might have been shown in, it might have been shown in Palace, maybe the Triscoll Arts Centre or something like that. It was basically Arthouse Cinemas got it. Nowhere else got it. No way. And yeah, as Dee was saying, like, it's basically like Netflix don't give a shit about box office. They don't care. They just yeah. like if they were doing that, they were doing that purely for people who wanted to see it in the best way possible. Yeah, in the cinema, yeah, and also as well, that was probably which it has to be said. Why would they care about when they have their ultra HD package correct, or whatever? Correct, yeah. correct. But not only that as well. The other part that this is is that that cinema, that the, small theatrical release, that was probably done at the behest of the director. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and I would say with somebody like Scorsese, he's going to go to them and say, look, I want you to put this in the cinema. Yeah. I want you to give this at least two weeks in a in a cinema, whether it's a small... Although I feel like all these conversations would have happened before production. Yeah, I would presume so. They might then, have convinced him to say, maybe. this will be my first straight to TV. Maybe, yeah. Maybe they like gave him enough money and were like... there's so much riding on this in terms of prestige and so on. Yeah, yeah. And like, I mean, the thing of it is, is like, in order to qualify for the Oscars, all you literally have to do is just show it in one cinema in Los Angeles, one cinema in New York, and that's it. You just have to show Is it. that actually what the rule is? Yeah, like, the, the, the rule of it is, and I, I, I don't have the exact figures in my head, but my understanding of it is that it has to be shown 
like for at least five days in a qualifying city, yeah. either, either Los Angeles, New York. And oh, can, so Ballad of Buster Scruggs must have been it did. screened somewhere. Yeah, I, of, I didn't even hear of that. It must have been that limited. Yeah. Yeah. Correct, correct. Yeah. That's exactly that, yeah. it. Yeah, it's a token screen and like they'll literally just do it just so they can qualify for it. Like. Sure. Mm. And yeah, and that's it. And Netflix are perfectly happy to do that. If they want to get something into contention, like with the square, for example. Okay. They yeah. just literally just like put it on in like some small little cinema in New mm. York. And it's like, there you go. That's just qualified for it. Like that's, and that's enough because it's not about box office and it's not about how many people saw it. It's just literally did, did, did was this shown in the cinema? Yes or no? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So there you go. Yeah. I suppose it'd be good to keep an eye on it in the yeah. weeks ahead. Let's mm. see which way it does get distributed. Let's see. Okay, so, oh, yeah, no, we've got the Gays Film Festival coming up this yes. weekend. We're yes. going to do a little shout out. Yes, yes, Mr. Indeed. Brian Lloyd. Now, give us a bit of context here again. Yeah, so this is the uh, Gays Film Festival. This is the LGBT film festival that runs every year. Did this happen to you, by the way? Sorry, I, I've i been seeing ads for it all week. Yeah. G-A-Z-E. And then I went, oh, we're doing the Gays Film Festival. I went, oh, my God. Gays. Gays. You just got it, yeah. There you go. It's a good idea. Gays. Very good. Yeah, gays. LGBT and, film festival. And gays is in your watching as well. Exactly, yeah. And like gays. <laughs> that, was the, that was the first. That was, that was the first one. Yeah. And then the second one was like, oh, it's the gays film festival. It's their film festival. Oh, that's good. Um, that's so, the joke. The, by the way, I did confirm that that family film screening of The Little Mermaid, it is the original Disney one. Oh, wow, which cool. I think is lovely. Is so, there another yeah. one? Um, there are a few. There's the new ones, one, I, I thought. Think. Yeah, okay, well, there's a new one yeah. coming. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah. There, wasn't there like, oh yeah, there was a live action one recently or something, wasn't there? There, there have been like Loads. weird different ones over the years. Um, that's why I was like half wondering. Yeah, is, is there a gay the... subtext to The Little Mermaid that I've missed? I don't know. I don't know. That lobster. I thought so. Sebastian. That was that's it. That was my first think, and I was like, oh yeah, it's about, oh, he's gay. He's definitely gay. That's he's Jamaican. Yeah, he's not gay. Well, like I mean, he's flamboyant. <laughs> he probably is. Maybe he is gay. I don't know. I mean, maybe he isn't. Who knows? Maybe Ariel is gay. Letters. Yeah, send Letters, a postcard send to the film show. Handsome, <laughs> handsome devil is also showing as part. Uh, of handsome it. devil is um, showing. Yeah, absolutely. Have to give that a shout out because that's Irish. Or yep. then that's John Butler again. Is John Butler? Yeah, again. that's John yeah, Butler. Yeah. That's uh, being shown on the second of August. August at 1pm in the IFI. Uh, the films are being shown in the Lighthouse Cinema and the Irish Film Institute. Tickets are €12. Euro. Uh, the opening night gala. Gala? Gala? gala. What would you say? It's gala. 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 They can say Some people gala. say gala. No, they don't. No. Yeah, they do. Well, they're mm-hmm. saying it incorrectly. All right, then. Well, I would gala. gala. Oh, there I, you I go. only just got it. Now <laughs> like, we're getting he... it. Well, in fairness, you did not make that obvious. <laughs> no, I did not. No, you really didn't. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, so that's happening at uh, 7 p.m. on the 1st of August. If you want to get tickets to that, that's 25 euro. And you can pick up tickets at gaze.ie. And if you want to get a full festival pass, that's 140 euro. Or you can get a Lighthouse Cinema package, which is four films for 40 euro or eight films for 80 euro go to ifi.ie lighthousecinema.ie or gaze.ie for more information wow. there you go <laughs> so the main takeaway from that is go to gaze.ie if you want to pretty much yeah. do your own research instead and of that, hearing uh, Brian read it and in case that's G-A-Z-E yeah just yeah. in case I should have spelled um, that yeah. well I, I spelled it so it's all good is there a double meaning in that name I think we've covered that <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll Double that. entendre. Actually, quick say. question: favorite gay cinema release? Birdcage. 
Oh, that's my one. Bird cage. That was going to be my one. The ah. bird cage. I love um, blue is the warmest color. Oh, I yeah. I just love that one so much. Like when I was watching it, like just the kind of ups and downs and like the love and passion and then the devastation kind of later on of like just pure love, like was just something that I thought was just amazing. And those two actresses are phenomenal in it. Yeah, so, yeah. for sure. Yeah. What happened to the other one? Leah Sadu yeah. and Adele something. She had a really long name. Yes. I can't pronounce it. Is she it. just um, big in France? Big in France. I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Leah Sadu's in Loadshire. She's yeah. in the next Bond. Bond yeah, yeah, yeah. She's huge. Yeah, yeah. Um, she was in like um, Rogue Nation. Or no, not Rogue Nation. Ghost Protocol. And Death Stranding. And Death soon. Stranding, yes. Gaming reference. Yeah. Uh, nice. Call Me By Your Name, obviously, as well. Uh, that was actually yeah. genuinely one yeah. of my favourite uh, watches of last year. Yeah, I really, like, it's, it's, uh, yeah, Call Me By Your Name for Devna, I think, was a really, like, gorgeous and, like, heartbreaking film yeah. as well. Like, that bit when, the, when he's talking to the dad, like, and he's, you know, about, like, cut, you know, break, cutting up parts of your life kind of thing. Yeah. Like, it's, what a waste. Like He geez. was fantastic in that. So actually. good. What's he's, the name of that dad actor? He's a serious man. Uh, I'm putting you on the spot. You are. Why is my brain not working today? We can come back to it. Oh my god! <laughs> no, hang on. It makes uh, me want to rent a villa show, as well. A bit like we did with um, horrible histories last week. We were like, "Oh, and just uh, add at the end the, of the Roman show, Empire." The Roman Empire. <laughs> I won't end every episode with a Roman. <laughs> I've got to think of that guy's name. Oh it's my okay. god! You'll have time okay. because we're cutting to an interview this week. We've got Sophie Hyde, the director of upcoming Irish Aussie co-production Animals. Tell us a bit about it, Dee. Yep, so I interviewed Sophie. Uh, she was here in Dublin promoting it. Um, yeah, we had a really nice chat. We were talking about Aaliyah, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Shawcat from Arrested Development. She stars in this movie. So people will remember sh- her. Shawcat, as, yeah. Shawcat, yeah. Yeah, but it's, I'm not sure if it's Aaliyah or Aaliyah. I've been saying sure. Shaquat. <laughs> Genuinely, when I, I'm talking I about actually, Arrested Development. I actually was talking about the film like earlier today for a radio recording. I'm pretty sure I said Shaquat. <laughs> <laughs> so like, it's Shaq just, what? you know, when you see the letters switch in your head or whatever. Um, but yeah, no, we had a really good chat about the movie and how she shot in Dublin and about the fabulous wardrobes I know you guys can't relate to this but seriously the costumes that the two um, actresses Aaliyah hey, and Holiday Granger wear I'm not a pastiche of a yeah. heterosexual man I, okay. no movie I appreciate bro. good costume okay. design well anyway the costumes are absolutely fabulous and then you know towards the end like hopefully it's not gonna like come out too wanky when you're listening to it but we ended up just kind of talking about like modernity and like feminism and what it's kind of like to be a woman did Brian <laughs> step in to talk about <laughs> Girls becoming no, but into I mean, womanhood. See, I find it a really interesting narrative because it's yeah. a coming of age movie, but it's actually a coming of age movie about two women who are kind of in their like early 30s because all their life they've kind of partied hard and then this girl meets a guy and she starts to consider, you know, kind of a traditional sure, lifestyle yeah. of moving in and doing the whole shebang. But then like she's always pulled back to kind of that original partying lifestyle as well. And it's just so interesting that, you know, in the modern day that women have all these options of what way they want to live their life. But in a way, it's kind of left them like more lost than ever before. So we just ended up like kind of talking on and on about that and... That's actually very, very interesting. All right, let's hear it. So we are here in the Alex Hotel. So that is why we have a bit of ambiance sound going on right now. Um, but congratulations, Sophie, on Animals. I really enjoyed this film massively. Oh, thank you so much. I suppose the very first question I wanted to ask you about was uh, where did the name for it come from? 
animals. Well, the book, the the film is based on a novel called Animals by mm -hmm. um, an author, Emma Jane Unsworth, mm -hmm. uh, which was set in Manchester. So um, when I came on, the the film was already called Animals. Yeah. Um, but in terms of you know its meaning, I suppose um, there's a kind of tongue-in-cheek meaning about you know behaving like animals, mm -hmm. um, drinking and having sex and doing all sorts of things. Um, uh, but I guess it's, you know, underlying that in the movie is a kind of question of our animalistic behaviour versus our kind of cultural or societal expectations mm -hmm. and how those two things can um, marry or, or be in conflict. <laughs> it's funny because, like, you know, hearing the name animals, you think of, like, Animal House or something like that, or there was American Animals out last year. But even, like, you know, that whole um, aligning human behaviour with animalistic behaviour, I think, even goes back to George Orwell's, you know, Animal Farm. So I suppose there's kind of a literary, you know, significance there as well as it being in film culture. Yeah, definitely. There is a literary kind of um, history to the movie. It's, it's um, There's lots of literary references. But I, I agree. I mean, there's so many movies though that have got animals in the title <laughs> the last few years that it's like I never questioned you know changing it but um, now I just fit there's American animals there's corporate animals there's I don't know I mean straight animals I don't think there's too many but um, yeah that's a funny one um, I wanted to ask you a bit about Holiday Granger how you came about casting her because she's had some really interesting credits recently she played one of the evil stepsisters in the Cinderella reboot um, I loved her in My Cousin Rachel I don't know if you've seen that but that's a phenomenal film she was then Bonnie in a recent Bonnie and Clyde miniseries was it any of those roles that kind of caught your eye or how did it work out casting her? I did watch her in Cinderella um, and I knew her a little bit from you know um, the TV show the I'm not going to pronounce it correctly, but the Borget, Borgays, Borgays. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Borgias? Borgias? No, maybe I'm thinking of a different one. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but actually, I saw her in The Riot Club, okay, um, yeah. which is a beautiful film. And um, I think, you know, I, I had thought of her as a sort of period drama actor. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, meeting her, she's a very sort of modern, down-to-earth, interesting woman. And... Um, so I felt like there was something surprising about her in this role, but also something that she um, had the capacity to fully go for and she was really ready to go for. Um, she was really ready to embrace something that was a bit messy and a bit grotty. And, um, and having an actor that's as good as Holiday um, willing to do that is always such a treat. That's, that's why we cast her. And she does a decent Irish accent in it. Like, did she struggle with getting that accent, mm -hmm. or how did she go about, you know, perfecting it? That's good. Um, <laughs> she no, it, because the film the film was originally set in Manchester, and then we moved it to Dublin, mm -hmm. and Holly was already cast. Um, and we had a lot of conversations about whether that was, you know, for her, whether she wanted to stay on and for us, whether that was the right thing. Um, it's just that she suited the role so much and she was so ready to go for Irish. You know, she'd spent a lot of time here and um, she, she just worked really hard at it and is really good at it. And um, we had, but it was really tricky because we're Australians, um, the DP and me, and there was... Um, some Irish crew on but there was a lot of people from the UK and Australia on the set and so poor Holly was constantly hearing many different accents sure. including Fra is um, Northern Irish of course so kind of all these different accents so trying to hold the accent in her head we had like the sound um, uh, the boom operator and the continuity person script supervisor you know 
pulling her up if if ever she did anything she was just really clear with them if I ever say anything that doesn't sound right you've got to come and tell me it was amazing and Elias Shawcat, Shawcat rather as her best friend is just a complete force of nature how did you go about casting her and would you have seen you know Arrested Development were you a fan of that series before um, yeah, of course. Uh, uh, you know, we've all wa- I think we've all watched um, Alia in Arrested Development and mm-hmm. then a whole lot of, you know, indie dramas is where True, I yeah. knew her and um, in the kind of cool but awkward sort of roles, you know. And um, I, we Skyped and I hadn't seen Search Party, which I then saw afterwards, her, sh- her TV series. And um, we Skyped and she was so funny and so Tyler in the Skype. She was just telling me how she hates couples and <laughs> she was amazing. And I just thought, she's so like this character, but I've never really seen that. Again, it was looking for somebody surprising for that role. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, and then... Uh, yeah, she just seemed perfect and then the kind of idea of her being quite glamorous sort of developed slowly over us working together and the, uh, collaborating with the costume department and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it wasn't there originally in the script. Was there a different style of directing for each actress? Because I'm thinking particularly for her character, Tyler, I think the whole idea is that she's kind of off the walls and just completely mad. So would that have, you know, been a factor in your directing, kind of letting maybe her do a bit more, say, improv, a bit more spontaneity? Or would you have handled, you know, directing the two actresses similarly enough? Uh, No, I I always... Every actor is different for mm-hmm. me. Um, and uh, working out how to work with an actor is part of the rehearsal process, is like what works between us, you know, what's going to um, function the best. And and those two are both um, actors that have worked since they were eight or nine on mm-hmm. screen. So they're both really used to the way that they work, um, but they are very different kinds of actors. And I like to do a lot of tasks and set things for people, and so they do a lot of... Um, workshopping and also going around a city together and for the two of them they did a lot of that kind of material you know um, getting to know Dublin as a pair Mm -hmm. and a lot of that was away from me Um, but Holly you know also did a a whole lot of intimacy work with the other actors um, in her family in the film and and everything so yeah they're they're so different and I definitely approach every actor um, in a new way or I'm trying to find yeah, what it is between us that works. And so they certainly um, they certainly weren't the same, but we did a lot of work together and it's really important to me as well that as a pairing they had time to build something without me. Mm-hmm. So I often, um, you know, it's tempting as a director to kind of be part of everything, but it's nice as well to let them create a relationship that doesn't involve anybody else. Mm-hmm. So it was a big part of what we did too, yeah. Actually, just picking up on what you mentioned there about um, spending some time hanging out in Dublin before, I was wondering how much time there was there because really when you see those two on the screen, it's like they've been there all the li- their lives, kind of like they belong to the city and the city belongs to them. Like you really feel like that relationship between them and where they are is there. Mm-hmm. So I was just wondering if you could tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, it was really important to me that the book was um, set in Manchester and Manchester felt like a part of the, the relationship between the two mm-hmm. women. Um, and so resetting it to Dublin, it was important as well that not that we were trying to copy uh, Manchester or, or try and set it in a sort of unknown, you know, blank city, but that the city had some impact on who they were and they had some impact on how we saw the city. And so for me as an Australian coming in, it was about trying to work out where these women would be in Dublin, mm-hmm. how it would feel there, and also 
kind of creating spaces for them that, that they kind of felt like they inhabited and they were part of the walls and the furniture of. Um, so, you know, that was a huge part of what the girls did to, to prepare themselves as well, is just to get to know the city and to feel like we weren't trying to put a Dublin that's like the tourist version of Dublin onto the screen, but a Dublin that feels like it's real places. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, it's such a film, like it's a film that's so vibrant and like it's it's you know it's two girls pretty much partying from start to finish and I was wondering was there kind of a certain sense of energy that you felt you had to like keep up during the production and what was that like was it ever kind of exhausting for the cast and crew because it just feels like they're going 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 from start to finish yeah making a film is always exhausting and (laughs) um and certainly we were working at a pace and uh it was very cold and um we didn't have heaps of money all of those things but also everyone went a little bit method like certainly there was a lot of going out and drinking and stuff (laughs) we also you know there's elements of Jim, the pianist, in all of us as well, which is a dedicated kind of creators. And so we're sort of like the characters in the film. We're always trying to balance, you know, how to um, how to be dedicated and, and driven by our work, which we all are, and also adventurous and, and partying. Uh, but there was, there was an energy in this film and the crew and the cast all kind of embraced that energy and... and um, and kind of, it was quite rollicking, uh, even though it was also, you know, a marathon. <laughs> yeah. Aside from Emma Jane Unsworth's original book, like where else do you kind of, where else did you draw your inspiration from, say from other literary texts, from other books, or even just from the city itself? Certainly from the city. And, um, you know, I feel like the, ch- the move to Dublin meant that the characters um, and the, the visual style of the film really changed and, and the, the kind of apartment that they were in and the um, kind of clothes that they wore really transformed once we'd moved it to Dublin. Um, uh, you know, yeah, With Nail and I is a strong reference yes. for us <laughs> and um, I think is evident in not just the... Um, Emma's beautiful writing but also in the visual style of the film um, Morvan Keller, the Lynn Ramsey film was a strong influence mm-hmm. um, absolutely fabulous <laughs> uh, lots of indie films like Lost in Translation, Sofia Coppola's film because there's a you know very strong sense of uh, telling the story of one woman and her sort of search for working out who she is and what she wants to do and that is something that um, it wasn't just a, a kind of a comedy about two friends it was also this kind of uncovering or coming of age in a very art house sort of way mm-hmm. and so we were looking at those kind of movies as well we did a crazy um beautiful mu- mood reel that was set to animals uh, sorry set to royals the lord song which we oh, use yeah. in the movie and it was drawing on all of these films and um, the visual style of them and it's remarkably like the movie mm-hmm. yeah I actually you touched on the costumes there the clothes in this film are just fabulous where did you actually source them from because there were times when I was looking at these like how did they have so many clothes how did they afford all these clothes but they're just so, so fantastic actually when a bunch of us came out of the screening all the girls were like oh my god the clothes we were the just clothes so excited are by them <laughs> the team the costume team here in Dublin are wild yeah. and brilliant and um, Renata Henschke, who's the costume designer, is Australian, but she lived in Dublin for a long time, 12 years, I think, okay. and then had moved back to Australia and had been working with us the last couple of years on our shows. And then 
Uh, so she came over, but then it was a whole lot of um, costume department people that had been on movies and TV and also work in the theatre here. And so the sourcing of the um, clothes was from Australia and Ireland and it was loads of op shop stuff, loads of vintage stuff and lots of stuff borrowed from theatre. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, you know, the idea that they're kind of old world glam that they have going on and that they might have had these clothes and they're building them up for years and years uh, was a really big part of, you know, developing the characters, creating the world of, of um, animals uh, and was very enjoyable. But they everyone loves the costumes. I mean, that's <laughs> talked about all the time. It's like um, something about it, you know. There's, we always said there was... It's like a dilapidated glamour or a grotty glamour that mm-hmm. it's kind of like glitter but dirty toenails and like (laughs) bits of you know mascara in your eyeballs but still you know (laughs) fake fur or sequins or something brilliant um just moving on to the themes in this film i have to say when i was watching this film i just felt like i could relate to it so immediately i thought i was looking at me and my friends on the screen when you're kind of in that in-between stage of life and you're not totally sure anymore of what you want from your life, from your job, mm. from, you know, your love life. Um, I was wondering if that was something that was kind of going through your mind, like, you know, could you relate it to, say, you know, your life or your friend's life or how, like, personal did you feel the film was mm. for you? Yeah, all the films that I make are deeply personal <laughs> and um, the way that I work is is to become very intimate with the material and to sort of reveal myself on screen and to ask everyone that's working on it to do the same. Um, the work comes from Emma, and for Emma, it's even more explicitly um, biographical, I guess, mm-hmm. or autobiographical. Um, and so those things were something that she had been developing for her novel and everything. But we all came in and invested ourselves inside of the work. And the amazing thing about that is, um, you know, I think as adults, we, we continue to come of age into different ages. And we have this idea that we just come of age once, you know, and that we're then adults and it's all fine. But the truth is we continue to have to, like, grapple with these competing desires and um, these conflicts about ourselves and who we are, you know, through life. Particularly when we're trying to not just um, fit into a conventional life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... That was always there. And, and what amazes me about showing the movie is um, people are, who are around 30 uh, are very much like, oh, my gosh, it's my life right now. You know, <laughs> there's a very strong sense of um, understanding and, and familiarity. But all ages come up to me and feel like they relate to this moment yeah. as well. And deeply, deeply connected to it. And I think that what's interesting is when I read the book, I thought, I know these characters, they're so familiar, this kind of very bodily idea of them, you know, there's this very visceral kind of quality that they have is so familiar to me, but I never see it. I never see it on screen. And I thought, can we do that? Can we put them on screen? And I think it's revealing how much audiences talk about it because it makes me realise how rare it is, particularly as women, for us to see ourselves on screen and to see people that are dealing with conflict and being flawed and um, dealing with it in in sort of true ways. Mm -hmm. I just think we don't see it very much still. For sure, for sure. And I think as well what Animals does is it captures like a very contemporary and of the moment womanhood because I think that obviously, you know, we're far from equality and there are many battles still to be had, but, you know, we've accomplished a lot. And I mean, you see that in, say, the liberal attitudes of Laura and they're happy enough with her to kind of live life, you know, whatever way she wants. And she is free to kind of, you know, party all the time if she wants. 
but at the same time there's kind of a sense of dissatisfaction there and she kind of she kind of wants the marriage as well but then she's not sure because she keeps on getting drawn back to kind of partying with her friend but at the same time you know you see the sister and she's decided to do the whole traditional getting married having the child and everything and she's dissatisfied as well Mm -hmm. so I thought that that was kind of just really fascinating you know with kind of you know where we are at the moment Mm, I mean yeah and what is freedom when you feel Mm -hmm. like you've got all the choices in the world and yet you still feel like you're bound by expectations on you and the expectations you've created for yourself you know and even if those are like as I said rejecting convention you know how do you find a freedom and we know sold a lie that that we choose one thing and that one thing is going to define us and make us happy Um, And, you know, as Tyler would say in the movie, we're also, you know, distracted by things like um, what cupcakes to have at our wedding, you know, and and they are distractions, these things from from working out what our purpose is and what we do. And um, the film is essentially about a woman trying to find freedom and where that is. And Mm -hmm. the freedom, you know, that Laura has, you know, isn't about partying. It's about something else. And um, but it takes a while to work that out. Mm -hmm. Do you think that, like, you know, women like um, Laura and like Tyler, are they more confused and lost than ever before now? Or do you think that this is just kind of a universal thing, something that's existed across time, across ages, across gender? Yeah, I think we've got a lot of choice. (laughs) Yeah, we've got a lot of choices for the first time ever. And yet um, we're not free in the way that men are, I don't Mm -hmm. think. And so... um, we still, I think it's very hard to determine as a woman what it is that you want mm-hmm. because we're not raised to, to believe in what we want. In fact, um, I think we're constantly at war with ourselves about, you know, whether we want something for real or we want it because we're supposed to want it or we want it because we're not supposed to want it or, you know, I think there is so much conflict and, and we haven't worked out how to deal with that. Um, I think we also... You know, I understood the experience of being a middle-aged man since I was, you know, 12 because it's in literature. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I've always read and the, the movies that I've seen and, and the experience that I've um, been able to empathise with. But the experience of being a woman is something that I think we're only just starting to tap into. And um, and so it's it feels new and it feels like we're explorers mm-hmm. in some form. Um, I'm sure women have always been doing that. It's just that for the first time, not the first time, but it's more visible and it's more publicly spoken about. Mm -hmm. For sure, for sure. I mean, it sounds like you've kind of given a lot of food for thought and that, like, you know, we're all just trying to still work out all these ideas in our minds. Is this something, a theme maybe you'd like to explore in the future, in future films, or what have you in mind in the pipeline? Yeah, it's so interesting. I'm definitely, the films that I make are all about people searching for something, trying Mm -hmm. to work out who they are. That's like something that um, I'm obviously interested in. And uh, questions of identity and certainly questions of gender. So um, I struggle a little bit that I'm constantly talking about women because I wish that I would be able to break down the idea of gender a little more than that. And yet the experience of being a woman is very distinct. You know, we're raised in a certain way, we're treated a certain way. Um, So, yeah, I I can imagine that I will keep 
doing that. Although I have been sent a few scripts that are almost the same story. It's just like women trying to work themselves out and being friends. And even some set in Dublin. And I'm like, oh, I'm not sure I could do exactly the same movie again. <laughs> maybe, maybe you just keep exploring the same thing. And there you have it. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed that. Um, oh, I meant to mention, sorry if there's a bit of noise in the background. Basically, due to like, you know, various things we have to like record in like a restaurant. But actually, there's kind of a bit of like music and like, oh. I think it adds to the ambience a bit. So hopefully... Uh, it's like too late aspect. now. They've already heard it. Yeah, you've already heard it. So. <laughs> it's already Suckers. gone now. Either you found the ambience or you didn't. Yeah, uh, but we'll review that properly uh, next week because it's not out until next week. Class. Looking yeah. forward to it. Okay, we do have movies to review this week. Movie reviews. Similar in tone to that. It's Hobbs and Shaw. I know what you were going for there. And Owen, let me tell you, mm. the joke, yeah, it didn't land. Uh, it, you were like, you were, you had it. I saw where you were going. You know what I mean? <laughs> I could, I could see the trajectory I didn't of the even joke. Know enough about animals to know whether it's... it didn't. You know, it didn't quite land. Didn't oh, quite I thought. Land. See, the other movie we're doing is the Angry Birds movie too, and I thought that would have made way more sense because they are animals. Oh my oh god! My yeah. God. <laughs> Oh. That's so much better. We should have done that. Oh no, Deirdre! <laughs> Don't give me alternative segues after the segue. Chime in with a good segue. Oh my god! Sorry, that's guys. such a better segue. That's so much better. Do you want to do Angry Birds or do you want to do? <laughs> well, now that I've mentioned it, sure. Let's go for Angry Birds. Uh, Hit movie us. too. Why not? Uh, yeah. So I actually didn't see the first Angry Birds movie when I went to see this, but I mean, in fairness, like it's a very successful uh, video game to movie adaptation, and I know we haven't got a lot of those. But in terms of box <laughs> office receipts, it's like the third highest grossing ever. But in terms of like actually like making a profit off its budget, like it's way ahead of the other two, which are Assassin's Creed and uh, which one call them? Which one I, I no. uh, I'm going to stop you there. I refuse to acknowledge this as a video game adaptation. It's not. It's an app adaptation. It's a, it's a phone. It's a, a phone game. App. Here, that's what Wikipedia said. I'm just saying. I mean, uh, no, you probably are right. Yeah. It's, wait, does this mean it's the most successful movie adaptation of a video game ever? Let me have a look at this for one second because this is going to annoy me. Plotless app. Warcraft was the other one. Warcraft oh, and Assassin's Creed. Um, but those two had like super help. big, like a hundred million or something yeah. budget. So in terms of like box office receipts, they didn't do that great. Whereas like Angry Birds was like 73 million against like yes, so it's got a, yeah. or something like that yeah. it has a good cast it's got Jason Sudeikis Jason Sudeikis Leslie Jones um, Josh Gad Bill Hader Danny Bill Hader's McBride, in Bill Hader yeah really really good cast uh, Nicki Minaj Aquafina no way Sterling K. Brown so yeah an amazing cast but I don't know so I, I go to Sterling this. K. Brown so <laughs> cool yeah he's unfortunately his role in this is like quite small but it's because it is this big ensemble because essentially story wise you have the piggies from Pig Island and the Angry Birds from Bird Island are mm. teaming up. Um, they were waging war on each other originally, but now this third island has ah. stepped on the scene and it is attacking both the islands. So the pigs and the Angry Birds basically have to unite and go to this island and stop them from destroying the worlds as they know them. So yeah, it's what? funny actually. Enemies Hobson... becoming friends <laughs> and friends becoming enemies. And I find it hilarious that Hobson Shaw basically has the exact same <laughs> <story>. <laughs> <laughs> They're 
the same film. Idris Elba comes out of a third island. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Holy shit, you're actually right. <laughs> Jesus Christ! It looks they're... like we're gonna have to team up for one last job. Oh my God! That's actually so. totally right. Can we right. actually combine it's the reviews? Not, Are they? So, yeah. No, 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 so no. They're not that right. But like, look, I'll tell you what I really liked about Angry Birds movie too. I went to this with um, my dad and my younger sister Leisha, and the three of us just ended up having a ball. We went to this film, no expectations. Brilliant. Like yeah. I said, hadn't seen the first one, and we just ended up laughing from start to finish. The characters in it, I suppose, it is thanks to you know that great cast. And then also like the animators, they're just so like charming and fun and silly. Like I was really worried that they would get irritating eventually, but there was just something so kind of lovely and fun about it all. And I know that Brian said that he felt that like the gags felt a bit like, you know, they weren't quite sure of what their target audience was. But I actually kind of appreciated the fact that there were the kiddiest jokes in there. And then there were more the adult team jokes as well. So I, I just really, really ended up enjoying it. Yeah, I was surprised. And there you go. And actually, um, just a fun note as well. The director of the movie and the producer ended up uh, retweeting my review. So Did they? Yeah, yeah, which is really cool. nice. Yeah. The what you call it? The guy, um, the guy who directed the first one is Irish. He was in. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we had him. Yeah. We had him in. Yeah. Um, he worked on um, he worked on Spider Man. Yeah, he had previously been uh, Sam Raimi's. He was worked on Sam Raimi's like um, CGI for Spider Man. He talked about it a lot. I think it was like he was like the animation supervisor or something like that. I he am was, googling this. He was re- he was really <laughs> high up in it anyway because I remember when he came in to do the interview for Angry Birds. I just spent the entire interview talking to him about like Spider-Man and talking to him about he like He did Sam a couple Rain. of others. He did, he? yeah. I, 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 I don't like know he kind of was like in a kind of crew yeah. member role in like quite a few yeah. big features. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ones cool, that like yeah. everyone would know. Like, um, But he was really, really nice. He was a really good guy. Um, I got on quite well. But um, yeah, You've no. You've seen the film as well? I saw Angry Birds too, yeah. Um, I like, right, okay. Everything, ah, Brian. No, hang on. I know. Every, <laughs> hang on. He's such a Grinch. Have hang you on a no soul. <laughs> Everything. A Scrooge. <laughs> Everything that D said was absolutely correct. Oh, it was no, but it was quite. It was funny. Um, the cast were really good. Uh, I thought they were all very well uh, put together. I thought it was all. It all had the right beats. But honestly, I was watching. It was like a lot of the jokes, the 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 kind of cultural era reference point was like my generation. Like, Oh, yeah, no, like I did too. But 90s it was a, jokes. Sure. Who wants to be a millionaire? Reference somehow got in there. <laughs> turned down for what? Turned up on the soundtrack. Okay, yeah. And yeah. I was like, I was watching. I was like, kids aren't gonna get any of this. But is that them knowing the parent Maybe. era that they have to drag along? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's kind of it. God, oh, I guess parents are getting younger. <laughs> no, but that's it. Like, that's I mean, the, the harsh thing, reality. Yeah. yeah there yeah. you go. You're slowly turning to dust. Yeah. And that's it. And even that, especially Brian. <laughs> You're now older than the Christ, <laughs> um, but it's no, but it's true though. Like, because I mean, I guess you know, when you're a parent, I suppose you just want something loud and colorful that will distract the kids for ninety minutes. Yeah, and if you get something out of it, and is it SNL kind of humor? Because yeah, kinda... it's very like it would not surprise me in the slightest if they kind of wrote a lot of this on the fly. In the booth or whatever. In the booth kind of thing, as in, yeah. like, they came up with, like, some... I, it w- yeah, I'd be curious to see how many kind of writers were involved, because there's just so much stuff coming in. It's almost... I wouldn't say it's quite, like, Family guy yes, but some of it is just so random. Yeah. Like, how mm. did that even come yeah. into your mind? Yeah, like, you completely. Know? Like, there was a whole thing with, like... Um, 
uh, what was it? Uh, the pig. Oh, I'm trying to remember now. It was a thing. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to remember the context of the joke, but it was very, very funny. Where it was like, oh, I can't remember it now. But it, it, no, it, it was no. But it was really like it was really. I remember at the time again. It was this thing of watching. I was like, that's a really smart joke. <laughs> I kids aren't gonna get that. Yeah, I yeah, was like, yeah. I was like, that's a really smart joke. Like, is that something that puts you off overall? A little bit. A little but is bit. It not that. I mean, I think surely you also, it's always either one or the other. Yeah, you know I, what I, mean? I think the other thing you have to remember and not underestimate is that kids kind of like everything. You know yeah. what I mean? And <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's like what I, I'm saying. Yeah, but I mean, those idiots. <laughs> but what I liked about this is that I exactly I wouldn't call it a kids movie. I'd call it a family movie, yeah. as in it has that broader appeal to kind of a number of ages, and I mm. think that's really nice to go to something that everyone can kind of get something out of, yeah. as opposed to just the kids or it being like kind of too advanced or too weird for sure. the adults yeah, either, yeah, yeah. which it, which it never is. Let's be honest. I no. mean, like I think that if you if you're not able to get the heart of like say Disney and Pixar which is very very difficult they yeah. just they just seem to have get it right every single time it's too, it, there are very few kind of other franchises that can hold a T to it maybe how to train your dragon sometimes yeah. Yeah, yeah and there have been a couple of others like maybe Shrek and stuff like that but if you can't get the heart heart at least get the humor and yeah. I think this did get the humor that's, that's what really I would good, say about that. That's really good. Yeah, that's a very fresh take. That was really good. Thank I'm you. Definitely going to rob that last bit. That's that's a really good. Better being a family. No, yeah. no. Like if you can't get the humor, if you can't get the heart, you've got to get the humor right. And yeah. yeah, I'm totally robbing that. We should hire you. I'll probably hear it on the last word that you stole from me. <laughs> no, we won't get into that now. But anyway, they're both flaring up. Oh it's my god! It's an interesting take about family movies, though. Like. Uh, there are very few films in our house that mm-hmm. my parents would be very passionate about. Wallace and Gromit films are one of them, including the modern ones. And the other one that my mom is obsessed with is the Kung Fu Panda series. Oh my God, that's, she that's another one. We put that on every Christmas. That's a really? great series, in fairness. I do really like the Kung Fu Panda But movies. I kind of know what you mean, where like, I'm, I'm happy for her when she's watching. <laughs> I'm really happy that you're happy. Oh, ma'am. That's so really nice. Good for you. Uh, is Hobbs and Shaw going to be the next Christmas villain in our house? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, who knows? Segway. Who actually, knows? Actually, part of, last, last mention of it, part of, Angry Birds uh, 2 because the island is Arctic is in the snow so I wouldn't be surprised if it came up as a Christmas movie that's it fair. has snow in it that is fair I feel like go. that's more call me cynical but that's because they're going to release a snow pack level for the app probably there probably yeah. oh yeah oh yeah and even like the thing itself that they were using to because the, the, the third island is shooting um uh, ice balls at the other islands like and it's basically like a cannon so i would imagine okay, right. that's like in the game cannon coming up i don't know but like I'm, i like i mean i can't remember the last time i played angry birds like it's at least four years ago like four or five yeah years ago. they must have even if it kept was the momentum that. up or whatever like from what i've read of it again i haven't seen the first film haven't played the game but apparently it has expanded quite far away from the game at this point and like it was getting kind of applauded for that because if you try to okay, stay yeah. too loyal you're kind of it's you just end catapults. up kind of limited it is it is well i wasn't trying to be funny there it is oh, just I thought catapults. You meant catapults because of the way that they catapult across the island because the they birds do. can't fly yeah it's a good pun 
What's the pun? What's the pun? <laughs> like as in it catapults, like as in it's both a success, but then they also catapult within the game. I thought you meant it double entendre. I'm going to again refer the audience to my earlier segue into Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> and let's just pretend I did it again. <laughs> so smooth. I feel so like smooth. we're all a bit tired this week. <laughs> right? We're just all getting confused. I just want to see more catapult saying. humor. <laughs> or trebuchet Trebuchet. Humor. Oh, yeah, my God. Trebuchet memes. Have you ever seen them? This is a lovely little sidebar. I can't believe we've never talked about this. I... Uh, if you want to Google trebuchet memes, you'll find an incredibly active community of people who hate catapults and love trebuchets because they're the superior siege weapon. Oh my god. Oh my god. I, I, you guys I'm, I, are so You can't right see this now, but I'm, you can't see this now, but I'm holding your hand. A catapult to be able to oh launch god, a 50 yeah. kilo weight over 300 meters. You're fooling yourself. I'm never sitting on the opposite side of the table I'm, again. I'm going to bonk myself right between you guys from now on. I'm no so sorry. Hands. I swear to god, you didn't you didn't you didn't obviously this is a podcast. I took Owen's hands there. <laughs> And let me tell you, I felt my heart grow in size. That thank you so much. I can't watch the uh, so Return really, of the King without tearing up at all those trebuchets. Oh my god! You really are like the Grinch. You know when his heart grows. Exactly. That's exactly it. <laughs> trebuchets were the way to But he was joking, making trebuchet the, 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 the fifty kilograms over three hundred. Like it's accurate. It's like I swear to God. Oh my God. Maybe could, we'll build a trebuchet together. Someday. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. Okay. Maybe we fucking will. All right. Maybe we will. Maybe it'll work together akin to Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, what a great segue. Yes. 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 <laughs> Tell us about the film quickly. Yeah, so obviously. <laughs> Keep the momentum going. <laughs> so Dwayne Johnson, I'm actually worried you guys will get distracted by something else. So Dwayne Johnson, Jason Statham are back. Uh-huh. Uh, Helen Mirren is back. Vanessa uh-huh. Kirby has now joined the gang. And Idris Elba is there as the bad guy. And he's absolutely fabulous. Gorgeous to look at as well. It's yeah. Oh, yeah. Which, which would that. you go for? Would you Dwayne Johnson or Jason Statham? Ah, that's oh. a reductive question. <laughs> it really is. Is that me? Okay, well, yeah, well, like, I mean, okay, let's go around the table. Yeah, you know, you gotta, you gotta cuddle with one of them. Who's I, it gonna be? I find Dwayne Johnson v. Idris Elba really hard. Yeah, I'd love to hang out with Dwayne Johnson during the day and Statham during, uh, not during the night. You but. know, we should play. You know, we should play. Fuck Snog, Mary Kill. Mary Kill. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Snog Mary Kill, not the dirty version. Yeah, it's the same thing. Okay, I will snog Idris Elba. Yeah. I will kill Jason Statham, Agreed. but I'll marry Dwayne Johnson. Absolutely motivational. He'll keep. He'll for the rest yeah, of life, like yeah. he'll be. He'll be my bench buddy. He'll he'll spot yeah. me for the rest of my life. But Idris Elba is so cool. I would totally snog him if yeah. he was up for that. Jason Statham. Or fuck him apparently. Or well, that too. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like if you know, like I mean, I'm straight mostly, but like I mean, it's Idris Elba, like you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I. You know what I mean? See. <laughs> Tickets are available now. <laughs> Dublin. Beautiful segue. Beautiful segue. Okay, who'd you, who'd you, who'd you, who'd you, exact same. Yeah, yeah I'd be exact the same. same. You'd I be the same. We, we all are. Yeah, Poor yeah. Staith, but fair enough. <laughs> Poor Staith, but I mean, you know, he's he's doing all right. And I actually am interested to see was how's Idris as a villain? Is he enjoying it? Oh, he's great. Oh, he's so fabulous. And I really like Vanessa Kirby as well. Like one thing I have to say for David Leach is. Okay, I'm gonna. How do I phrase this kind You're of? You're gonna go PC. off on another Tarkovsky tangent. <laughs> I actually find it quite like stalker. Okay, 
so you know how David Leach previously did Atomic Blonde. Correct. So I think that he is really good at directing female-led action because I don't think that it's easy to make women look like they can really kind of throw a punch and beat the shit out of a guy. Yeah. Whereas I think that he did a really good job with Charlie Theron in Atomic Very Blonde. And so. I think that he also did a really good job with Vanessa Kirby here. Brilliant. So that was just my point. That's a really good point. I that's managed really good to point. not say it in a way that offended anyone. <laughs> no, that was only, that's a really good point. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's definitely yeah. a valid observation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's... They have the right to kick ass. Well, sure. I mean, absolutely. I mean, we have to hang out with you guys, so... (laughs) (laughs) But I will say, though, that I did think that, uh, you know, his background in, like, Deadpool 2, David Leach, uh, his background in in Deadpool 2, I think, served him well here because this is basically a cartoon. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's very... Like, I was surprised at how humorous it was. Sure, yeah. yeah. But it's kind of unashamedly... But it's not. We're not talking Michael Bay here. It's got to be no, more no. I mean, yeah, it's 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 funny. It's very it's funny in parts. Like some of the cameos are hilarious. But I'm when I see car- cartoon, I mean, there's literally a scene where Idris Elba goes right through a double decker bus, dusts himself off, and gets onto <laughs> oh, his he's bike. Oh, in a motorbike, by the way, as he crashes through. As he's holding on. Like it is literally like he. It's literally like <laughs> like he's just like dusting this dirt off his shoulders, Savage. and he's like, "Well, I'm going back after these guys again." Wacky like, races. Yeah. Oh, totally. Oh my god, like absolutely wacky races. That's their biggest influence. Coyote yeah. and Road Run like it's just absolutely there's something to be said for that yeah and that's it i mean i appreciate the fact that they are just like you know what fuck physics we're just gonna make the weirdest (laughs) craziest shit you've ever seen and i mean in fairness the fast and furious movies have consistently done that you know so in terms of action this was kind of everything i wanted in ticking the boxes in terms of it's just bonkers and explosive yeah a lot of time doesn't make sense do i care no it looks amazing yeah, yeah so yeah i was really happy with the cast the cameos that brian mentioned there uh the humor i was surprised actually by how much kind of chatting and banter there was in this yeah. like it's two hours and 15 minutes long and between the action scenes which are all great but a lot a lot of talking that was probably the main flaw i'd find it not that it ever like particularly dragged but at the end of the day the movie did amount to two hours 15 minutes which and i could have lo- lost the 15 I minutes i thought so yeah yeah sure. if they just been a bit more kind of snug and maybe they were a little indulgent in particular like scenes and with certain like you know there were a, a lot of characters to go through well, and everything like, yeah. yeah yeah but i mean in terms of like it being a fast and furious movie like at least you don't have like the girls kind of dancing around the cars and the bikinis because i always find those bits so cringe um but i mean tonally like you were saying with the kind of nuts action and i mean there are the cars in it and the car chase sequences but it is a departure as well which i really kind of enjoyed like tonally it's almost like a kind of spy espionage type film i like that it was kind of everything I wanted it to be. So that's why I was really happy. I think, sure, yeah. yeah, it's funny. Like, I mean, this is, again, this is going to sound really wanky, but it, it it was kind of like Fast and Furious without the problematic bits. Okay, right. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, as yeah. in, you know, they didn't have to have Vin Diesel uh, talking about family. And it didn't have... Although they do still have the theme of family, which they I appreciate. Sure, that's yeah. true. They but they kind of strip away any yeah, it, it, it's basically, pretend plot. Yeah, in yeah. A, yeah, in a lot of ways, like it was just, it was a more kind of... I, I, I mean, I totally know why they did this. Yeah. It was basically, we want 
Fast and Furious without the 10 other uh, ensemble people that we have to pay for. Like, we don't want yeah. to have to pay for. It kind of was that, yeah. It wow, totally was, it totally was that. so accurate. Totally. Like, there's, 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 like we don't want to have to pay I'm for so Ludacris. sick of all the innocence exactly. being stripped away from my brain. But you know what I mean? Like, I mean, it was just, like, I was watching it. It was like, oh, yeah, cr- this is brilliant. Now, I don't have to look at Ludacris and Tyrese mm-hmm. Gibson fumbling through a scene. Yeah. And there doesn't have to be, like... yeah. Vin Diesel hanging out with his family. Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, in yeah. fairness, I would add and agree with you in that it was stripping back stuff of the Fast and Furious. Also, that just family kind of yeah. family, family. Like it was just, it was getting too much. God. Yeah, so. that's so much heart. So this one's a little more goofy. Exactly. Yeah, goofy. Exactly. That's it. Goofy. I. That is exactly it. This was total goofy action. I'm actually interested to see what you guys th- gave it rating wise. I yeah. I gave it 4 out of 5. <laughs> really? Yeah. Cuz cuz I was just I was just that like happy with it. Now I wasn't going to give it 5 out of 5 cuz no. I mean when it comes to the bar set by kind of recent action movies, it did not top John Wick, it did no. not top um Mission, Mission Impossible, Impossible. Yeah. Fallout. So yeah, it wasn't going to But here's get five my out question. Five, but I really then. liked it. My last query of the podcast is okay. If you give something like that a good review, is it because it has, you know, exceeded your expectations or done well? But then how do you compare that to other four star reviews where objectively they might be better films Mm. or something you might have given three and a half stars, but is better crafted or I don't know. I suppose. Do you want to go first? Well, like, I mean, I'll I'll be on. Is it about being fed what you're expected or? I think, no, I mean, I think there's an element of. For me, anyway, I mean, the thing that I find is that if I go in and I'm shown something that I haven't seen before and it's I'm being shown it in an intelligent and interesting way, that automatically puts it high in the list. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's something that I've seen before, but I'm seeing it in a different way, that also reaches... Absolutely, that yeah. Reaches that. Mm-hmm. And then again, if I'm seeing something that I've seen before, but I'm seeing it done in the best possible way... That too gets it. Like Mission Impossible Fallout. I've seen that film a hundred times. No way. I mean, I was in. I've seen that type of oh, film. Okay. Sorry, I mean, <laughs> no I, way. <laughs> that's a lot. No, I mean, as in, it's I've seen. Good. I've seen that type of film done a hundred times. Mm. I've never. I mean, seen... it's like the seventh or eighth Mission Impossible Correct. movie. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. But I've never seen it done that well. Yeah, I have yeah, never the set pieces and stuff. The set pieces, the action, the stripped back nature of it. I've like the only other film I could compare it to would be Mad Max Fury Road in the sense yeah, of like okay. it is the most purest distillation of an action film. Savage. It's just right there. Um, so it's genre. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it depends. Like, yeah, if it's an action film, you're obviously going to focus more in on the technicality and the, the specifications of yeah. the scene. Then if it's a drama, it's like, okay, well, then how did that make you feel? Did it reach every emotional beat that it was supposed to? Mm-hmm. If it's a comedy, how much did I laugh? Did I laugh a lot? Did I laugh a little? Did I laugh in my head? Did I laugh out loud? And then if it's a horror, it's like, okay, did this actually creep me the fuck out? And yeah, how much yeah. did it creep me the fuck out? Or did I just feel disturbed by it? Or if I didn't feel disturbed, why did I not feel disturbed? So then you kind of gauged it on that. But then again, like, I don't know about you. Brian's do- given away all his secrets. I'm giving away all the <laughs> yeah. But I will say this. I mean, there are plenty of four-star films that I've given four stars to and then I've gone back a month later and I'll be like... I like know. Independence Day Resurgence. I will fucking <laughs> stand by that. <laughs> does but, it have any trebuchets in it? Yeah. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it it does. It doesn't. It does. Intergalactic yeah. trebuchets. Yeah, they've got like the they've got I don't remember like that. slingshot things. Come yeah, back, back to point. Back to point. <laughs> back to point, sorry. Um, yeah, no, but there's been plenty of four-star films that 
when I come out of it, I'm like, oh my God, that was so good. Mm. I'll write the review right now and then I'll publish it and then I'll be like a month later, like, actually, yeah, that wasn't that good. In the grand scope yeah. of things. Yeah, and then, yeah. the, then there's been other ones where I've been like, I was unduly harsh, harsh, on, it. harsh yeah, on it. Yeah. And then a reappraisal a month or two yeah. months later, I'd be like, oh, I should have given that four stars. Yeah. There's a, yeah. there's a real room much, for a yeah. discussion there. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, go on. No, I just, I was just going to say, I pretty much agree with absolutely everything you're saying and everything. The only thing I'd add is that like the majority of times, and it's so funny because it's something like I learned like in school, actually, when I was studying my first film. Oh my God. Um, but yeah. our, our English teacher told us to appreciate and then criticize, which I think is like such a good piece of advice. Like when you go into a movie, like appreciate what the director is trying to do and did he accomplish that? And another thing I would say is like, you know, Movie critics don't, well, the majority of them, I don't think me and Brian do. Like, we don't hate movies. We don't go no. into a movie wanting to hate it. I go into a movie wanting to enjoy myself yeah. and to enjoy what I'm watching, you know? So when, you know, we do give our harsh reviews, it's because we genuinely did not find it an enjoyable experience and think that it had problems. And then we list those problems. So, yeah, that's all I kind of add to it. We do love movies. I think it's been I think it's been a hard I don't know I feel like 2019 It's been a tough year ha has hasn't it? been a tough year I yeah. feel like there has been a lot of like kind of two and a half three star movies I've been yeah. yeah I've been disappointed by a lot of it Um, but I'm kind of spooked you know, by the industry at large as well it seems like we're in flux at the moment Yeah There I mean, are a lot of kind yeah. of um franchises and sequels as well which isn't necessarily a bad thing but I just I love seeing like really kind of taught original ideas you know stuff like I know Tully was last year wasn't it so like book smart and eighth grade yeah. which we had like at the top of our list original. so yeah exactly and I mean like you know they're not necessarily original either I mean they're both essentially a high, a high school comedy and a coming of age movie so at the end of the day like nothing is totally original but there is kind of I don't know there's like a lack of creativity yeah. or imagination going on in Hollywood at the moment which is quite frustrating um, but you know we always want to see you know if any like kind of young up and coming oh. filmmakers are listening to this you know get your movie out there yeah because you know because that's <laughs> where to us. but that's where the best movies are coming from at the moment it's from like kind of the more unknown directors and yeah. look what your man who did The Witch is coming yeah, out right now exactly. with The Lighthouse so that's it like that's it like that's you know, like, yeah, absolutely. Like, the, the lighthouse, like, I'm, I'm, I want to see that. Like, mm. that's, I really want to see that. Like, so there you go. And there you have it. Thanks very much for listening. We'll pick this chat up next week. Can you actually give us a little sneak peek of what we're, uh, Oh, for. yeah, we are uh, going to be reviewing Blinded by the Light. We're going to be re uh, reviewing Animals mm -hmm. and we are going to have a really good interview with uh, Gurinder Chowda, who is the director of Blinded by the Light and she also directed Bend It Like Beckham. Which is amazing. Oh, yeah. I love that movie. And she did Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging. Brilliant. And I also love that movie. <laughs> and she did Bride and Prejudice. And she was really, really nice. And yeah, we talked a lot uh, about Blinded by the Light, about Springsteen, uh, about... All sorts of stuff. And it's a really good interview. And I'm not tooting my own horn here. I am not tooting my own oh horn God. here. But she did say it was the best. And I'm, again, not tooting my own <laughs> horn. She did say it was the best interview she's done on this film. So I'm oh, quite... Oh, tune in for that. I mean, I'm, I, no, was, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Fair enough. We've also... Have we got Tarantino reviewing uh, No, that's, it, that's uh, August oh, actually, 4th. It's, it's not it's for ages. It's, yeah. yeah, it's August yeah, yeah. 14th. There's so yeah. much press going on. It's just not... Yeah. It's weird. Like, yeah. Like, it's out in the cinema in the US now. Yeah. It's yeah. so stupid. It's a weird one, yeah. yeah. 
So stupid. All right. Well, stay tuned for that next week. And we have had a blast talking here today. Thanks for tuning into the film show. Uh, I'm doing that radio voice again. And and not so much. Tune into the film show. There you go. And follow us on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>